Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is normally your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast where we break down every episode of the 10 season show. But today it is producer Mary's birthday. So we are going back to Roundview College to Skins, the UK version, which I'm told is the only version that matters. Mary, what happened this week? Tony Stoneham has a plan to help his best friend, Sid Jenkins, lose his virginity. Step one, girl. Tony asks his girlfriend, Michelle, who Sid is madly in love with, to find someone for Sid to bang. This girl is Cassie, fresh out of the mental hospital, not allowed near knives, and great in bed when she isn't fixated on food. Step two, make Sid appealing. Rather than make him take a shower and wear clean clothes, Tony figures an ounce of weed will probably be enough to get a girl deaf, blind, or stupid enough to think Sid is cute. Thank you, Jal, for the list of requirements. Tony sends Sid to Mad Twatter's house to score an ounce on credit. Step 3. Location. Tony auditions for the chamber choir at the girls' school across the green from Roundview College, where he and his friends go to, air quotes, learn. There, Abigail makes sure Tony will attend her party and bring some friends. 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 Step four. Friends. <laughs> Unfortunately, half the gang, Maxie, Anwar, and Chris, have plans to attend Maxie's big gay night out, where Anwar and Chris plan to try and pick up girls. Jowl is just too smart to hang out with any of these dummies and stays in to practice her clarinet. Step five. Disaster in five parts. A. Girl. Doesn't smoke weed because it makes you hungry. B. Weed. One ounce turns into three because Mad's mustache says so. Also, if Sid doesn't pay in 48 hours, he doesn't get to keep all of his genitals. C. Location. Abigail won't let anyone smoke inside because of her parents' fancy silk wallpaper from Rome. D. Friends. The big gay night out is actually a pretty tiny gay night out, so the boys track down the party in the wee hours of the morning, steal a bunch of rich kids' phones, and get mud all over the Iranian carpet. E, girl again, Cassie informs Sid that she took a bunch of pills. She doesn't elaborate before she passes out. So the group steals a car to get Cassie to the hospital, but she wakes up as soon as they arrive. The group parks near the harbor to let Anwar pee and to roll up a spliff of their otherwise useless weed. But while looking for rolling papers, Sid disengages the handbrake and the car rolls into the water. Everyone makes it out okay, but the weed is gone, which doesn't bode well for Sid's balls. Rolling papers. A.K.A. Skins. Oh. See, I was just thinking it was Skins because of how much they talk about sex and, like, nudity and stuff. <laughs> I mean, could have double meanings. Sure. But, yeah, I totally forgot. I spent the whole time being like, why is it called Skins? Yeah. And then at the very end when they're like, who's got Skins? I was like, oh, yeah. Mm. I'm back on board. See, I was too busy thinking about things that we'll get to, and I'll tell you what I was thinking about at that moment. Well, then let's start at the beginning because we open on Tony waking up in the morning to like what I can only assume is the most psychopathic morning oh intro ever. Yes. Like, first of all, the bedspread was very fun. Oh, I love the bedspread. And I love at the end when him and Sid are in it <laughs> yeah. and just like set perfectly. But yeah, he's just like wide awake and staring at the ceiling, gets up works out in his underwear then doesn't sound fun to me then goes to the bathroom and checks himself out like literally I was thinking I was like 
that movie American Psycho where Christian Bale does the voiceover where he's like, every morning I did da 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 Like, 100% would buy Tony Stone and being like, and every morning I do 50 push-ups and 100 tricep dips, and then I put on my moisturizer that I get from Japan. <laughs> yeah. Like, he just seemed so strange, but based on everything I've seen Nicholas Holt be in since this, I'm like... It tracks. It Mm -hmm. makes sense. This is a good role for him. (laughs) Yeah. The whole idea of Tony is that he's this like hyper confident kid. Yeah. Like he is just honestly too confident for himself is the problem here. Because after all of this, he just walks to the window in his underwear, opens the blinds, and there is an adult woman across the way just butt ass naked in front of her window. And she wants him to look at her. It's so gross and inappropriate, and I was just like, oh, no, I'm 30. I care. (laughs) She, like, literally makes eye eye contact, does a little smirk, and then just, like, slowly walks to her closet, picks out a dress, and is like, will this fit my naked body? Nah. (laughs) It's horrible. Yeah, it's quite a way to kick it off. Um, And then, like... While that's happening, another girl who, in my opinion, looks like Darlene from Mr. Robot, comes to, like, because she's on the first floor, he's on the second floor, but, like, to his window, basically, and, like, looks up at him. So she sees him looking at her, the other woman, naked, just rolls her eyes. I'm like, who's this person? And then he decides, at first, I thought he was going to ignore her, but he goes to his stereo and just, like, cranks his stereo as, like, possibly loud as it could yeah because it turns out this is his younger sister effie mm-hmm. who plays like a really pivotal role in this show mm. like she shows up a ton in the first so the way the show is is every two seasons you know the kids go to their first year at roundview college they go to the second year year at roundview college and then the next year you get a new cast mm. they go through their two years the next year you get a new cast okay and effie is in this one Mostly because she's Tony's younger sister, but then she's one of the main characters in the second set of Roundview College. So I think she's supposed to be like 14, 15 at this point. And yet already sneaking back into her house in the wee hours of the morning. Yeah, that's literally, that's Effie. Yeah. Like, that does not change for a long time. (laughs) And that's, so what's interesting is, so that's Kaya Scuttle... Lario, I can barely pronounce her last name. Tony is played by Nicholas Holt. Like yeah. all of these people have become pretty big actors after this show, and they're actually basically those ages. Like I think she was mm. 14 when this aired, because I found out apparently Skins has had a major resurgence on TikTok. And oh, interesting. She has a TikTok, and there was one that she posted that was like. Me watching Euphoria in shock of what these 17-year-olds are doing. Also, me remembering what I did at 14 on TV. Right. Right. Which makes sense. But this is still so much more tame than Euphoria. So far. Yeah. You have only made it through a pilot. Yes, but considering how far I made it in Euphoria, one and a half episodes, (laughs) I could watch more of this easily. Like, no problem. Um. it definitely has watchability to it. Yeah. Like, it's a lot. Because, again, total psychopath. They have this, like, 
unspoken conversation of mm. like, okay, this is the thing we do every morning where you have to sneak in. So I distract the parents so you yeah. can do it. So Tony goes to his stereo, cranks it up to 11 with heavy metal, and his dad just starts screaming. And it was such a weird, um, like, cinematography situation because it was like, music, Tony, music, Tony. Like, and it would focus on the stereo and then his face and then back on the stereo. And I'm like, what is this show? <laughs> I was like, this is so British, but also kind of like noir a little bit because of just that alone. So I was like, what? Okay, cool. And at first, because I had no concept of the show whatsoever, I was like, is this his dad? Is this a landlord? Like what, you know, cause I didn't know how old he was, Tony was. And yeah, so finally he is able to distract his dad enough to where his sister climbs through, like gets her uniform on or whatever, and all is well. Um, and then Tony decides to just be even more of a brat and just goes to the bathroom and is just reading, which I get that. But then his dad, I guess, is trying to get in the bathroom. He's like, why are you taking so long? And then he like starts brushing his teeth, climbs out the window, leaving the door locked. I'm like, my parents would murder me. And like, it seems pretty clear that this is every single morning. Yes. He cranks the music so that his sister can sneak back in. And then he locks his dad out of the bathroom and is like, oh, yeah, the drill's under the sink. I don't know what's up with that door. And his mom doesn't care. His mom does not care. And I love because I think this is like a key part of this show is that it is very much centered on the kids. Like, yeah, this is not like Riverdale where their parents have any sort of point to the show mm -hmm. other than like <laughs> being shitty parents right and then it's not like 90210 where you have a Jim and Cindy Walsh like mm -hmm. they are just like you know pre sober Jackie or like the McKay's just like abandoning their child right like that is what the parents are because yeah his mom is just like making eggs she's like Effie didn't sleep last night why do you always have to swear so much yeah like very almost Stepford minus the like manners you know it's just like I'm commenting on things that are happening that's all <laughs> I also got really confused because I guess she was like a blonde British mom but I was like is that the mom from Bend It Like Beckham it's oh. not she is mommy pig from Peppa Pig oh <laughs> like that's why I recognize that voice interesting yeah no I didn't didn't clock any of that so so then, um, this is the part of the episode where I was like rapid fire typing mm -hmm. because so much was happening so fast. And I did appreciate the speed, like the pace, it was fast, but it didn't feel out of place. Um, so we basically get several, um, moments where Tony walks out of his house, he's ready to go and he starts calling everybody he knows, <laughs> apparently. Pretty much. He first calls Sid, who has a very messy room. He calls Chris, who doesn't answer. Um, someone is playing the clarinet. These are just my notes as I'm reading them to you. Um, figure out her name is Jal? Yeah. Okay. Then someone named Nips calls him. Again, my notes. And he makes fun of her nipples and then nominates her to sleep with Sid. I was like, interesting. And she, like, agrees? I was like, no. <laughs> no. That's not, that's not 
that's not happening, right? <laughs> no, this is the like weird appeal that they give to Tony is that he sucks. The way he yeah. talks to every single person on this phone here and the way he treats his dad and all of this, mm-hmm. like you kind of get that he sucks, but there is just that charisma about him that people can't help it. Like they even talk about it later where uh, Cassie says that Michelle, like she knows that Tony doesn't love her the way that he should, mm-hmm. but she can't help it. She loves him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, like, just kind of the perfect sociopath. Yes. Just yeah. charismatic and manipulative mm-hmm. and a fucking genius. Yeah, still kind of charming. Yeah, it's upsetting how smart all of these kids are because, like, they're staying up all night. They're doing all of these drugs. And I was like, I am a potato chip. <laughs> this would never have happened to me. No, I would die. I would die. And it's also very... um latchkey kid too like like you were saying about the parents like they don't they might care but it's almost more that they just don't want to know you know like they they would rather not know what their kids are doing um and not really take an interest in it than discipline or try to correct it or anything like that yeah i mean in this part we don't really see any other parents so yeah you know tony is calling all these people, talking about trying to get Sid laid. His last call is to Anwar, who is currently at morning prayers, and he did not silence his phone. No. Which is just so real. And I kept thinking this whole scene, like, if texting existed, none of this would have happened. Yeah. I literally wrote down, after we went through Chris, who was sleeping with somebody, who also Tony did, and seeing Anwar... And then uh, Maxie tap dancing. I was like, why is Tony calling everyone? This is what the group text was invented for. Exactly. (laughs) And I was thinking, well, maybe this show was, you know, popular before texting was a thing. And it came out in 2011, right? Is that right? Or is that the U.S.? 2007. Okay. So it was like when texting still costed money. Yes. So it was like you didn't have... You had to pay 99 cents per text or whatever it was. And because I remember like 2007 was sophomore, junior year-ish, I think. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like I barely texted anybody because it costs money. But I'm like, man, technology has really made this much easier and much more possible. I know. My anxiety at all these people Mm -hmm. having to pick up their phones and have a conversation. Like if anybody tried to call me, I'd be like, why are you calling me? What's wrong? Right. What happened that this couldn't have been a text? Well, and it's funny, too, because minutes cost money then, too. And so the fact that Tony was just, like, really quick conversations, call waiting so that he could, like, keep other people on the line until they answered or until he found out more information, it was very efficient for what it was. Because he's a psychopath. Yes. <laughs> like, he can somehow... I also learned I don't think I know how to use call waiting on my phone. Like, while he was going through all yeah. these people, I was like... Half the time that, like, I'm on the phone and somebody else calls, I'm like, I could lose both of you right now. I guess we'll find out. And I just click a button. Well, I will say the iPhone itself is not very intuitive. It's got, like, three buttons at the bottom where it's, like, hold and answer, hold and decline, hold and, and like, yeah. answer one, hang up. the Like, it's not intuitive at all. Or just end them all. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that sounds like the right option. <laughs> I can't do this. Bye. Yeah. And then... Tony, because Sid didn't pick up the phone and he's an asshole, calls Sid's landline to tell Mm -hmm. his father that he's late for a psychology exam. And this is the only other parent you see in this entire episode 
is Sid's dad comes into his room screaming at him, calling him like a waste of space and yeah. just throws the landline at him. Like, yeah, it was all sorts of profanity, all sorts of yelling. And this is the point where I was like, man, this show is really British. <laughs> yeah. When they wanted to adapt this for U.S. audiences, I was like, the first five minutes can't happen. Right. Exactly. Crazy. I also thought when you see Maxie and he's tapping that I didn't look up the guy's name, but he looks like what's his face from High School Musical. Oh, um, I Ryan's also, Grabeel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He I played also, Ryan. I also haven't yeah. seen Ryan? High School yeah. Musical. Yeah. yeah, he did a little bit. He was cute. He's very cute. In I my love opinion, Maxie. he was the cutest one that we've seen thus far. And I, then I felt really weird because I'm like, ooh, you're like 17. Aren't yeah, you? they are children. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, it's it's funny. This whole in first episode, I was like, man, they all not they're not cute. And it's like a lot of the way they're dressing and the yeah. fact that they look like children. And yeah. I was like, I think when I was younger, I did think they were cute. Oh, for sure. I'm sure that we did. Like, I mean, because you can see things that like a high schooler would find attractive i mean just the whole confidence part of tony like obviously um but yeah i wrote down after we get to the cafe and it's um tony sid and eventually Mich- uh, michelle who was mm-hmm. nips um i was like now i totally see how nicholas holt eventually plays what's his face in the great yeah like how he's the psychopath king or whatever he is and i'm like hmm interesting i guess good for you but what does that say about your personality as an as like a person also i found this out when i was looking up articles about this show there's another person from skins what did i say the third group of kids who's also on the great oh cool yeah he plays in the second season he plays the guy that she's sleeping with (gasps) oh i loved him yeah yeah. Yeah. Oh, fun. I really liked him. And then somebody in the second group of kids plays David on Shadow and Bone. Which one was David? The, like, fabricator who's in love with Jenya. Yeah, the one who makes gloves. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, I like him, too. <laughs> I didn't recognize him at all. Really? In that show. Like, he is just so skinny and baby mm. in skins. Mm-hmm. And so, like, seeing him, like, as an adult man... Right. ...is just, like, he looks so different. Like, his jaw is all wide and stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah, even Dev Patel, like... Oh, yeah. He looks so different now as, like, a fully grown man with a beard. Mm-hmm. And, like, the longer hair and stuff. Like, and that's the thing. He did look like he did in Slumdog, too. Well, yeah, Slumdog came out... In 2008, and this came out in 2007. Oh, yeah, wow. he, like, immediately became for him. Dev Patel. Yeah, good for him. Um, but, yeah, so then while Sid and Tony are talking, the entire time I could not stop looking at Sid's chin. He needed to wipe that pizza sauce or whatever it was that he was eating off of his mouth. And so I was very distracted. Um, I was distracted until Sid was distracted by Michelle walking in. <laughs> well... And what's funny is the continuity of the stuff on his chin, the, mm-hmm. like, gravy was so bad. Mm-hmm. Like, because he's got this, like, full English breakfast and a cigarette for breakfast. Yeah. And I love that he's just like, man, I feel like shit. And Tony's just like, exhibit A. Right? Like, f- say what you will about Tony, but, like, at least he's not eating shit and smoking. You know, I mean, he's smoking weed later, but, like, he's not 
he's not eating cigarettes for breakfast basically no in in the next episode they're in the school cafeteria and sid gets like this giant plate of like french fries and all this stuff and then he picks up some fish and then tony sits down he's like yeah fish is great omega-3 fatty acids it's all this like he just lists off the like health properties of eating fish and it's just like that's disgusting (laughs) but like classic high school though i mean like i remember in high school so many people would just get like the pizza or like french fries or something and here i am with my like packed lunch from home like (laughs) there was we switched like school lunch providers halfway through when we were in school but the first couple years they would do you could get a 50 cent side salad and a 50 cent pack of cookies and so lunch would only cost you a dollar oh my god and then you would get the 50 cent side salad and go to i think we had a salad bar or something and like put a bunch of stuff in it then flip it upside down so it didn't look like you put a bunch of stuff in it oh smart yeah just game the system (laughs) oh i stole so much food from lunch (laughs) this whole conversation between Michelle and Tony and Sid is like easily the most disgusting thing I've ever heard. When they're talking about like tonight, my friend, you're gonna get the keys to the furry city. Oh yeah, the VIP tour of the Netherland. Yeah, y- yeah, for Mister Happy. Yeah, for Mister <laughs> Happy. Oh, okay. I take it back. The most disgusting part was when Sid thought he was on hold and just started masturbating yep. while on the phone. Yep. I'm like, ooh man, ooh no, I don't, mm-mm. can't, can't. It happens so much where people just, like, pick up the phone when they're, like, mid-banging. And I'm just like... <laughs> yeah, Chris did. Yeah. That morning. <laughs> it keeps happening throughout the show. And I think Jal is the one that says it of, like, call me when you're not being penetrated. Ew. <laughs> oh, my God. They're so disgusting, but, like, so teenage. Oh, so teenage. But it's also, like, cartoon character teenage. Yeah, I mean, there's... This show has been criticized for, like, this is not the teenage experience, which, I'm sorry, The O.C., Dawson's Creek, 90210, none of them are. none of it is. But the people on the show, like, specifically Nicholas Holt, there are quotes from him being like, okay, yeah, this might not be every teenager's experience, but I could tell you someone who is like everyone on this show. Yeah, and maybe it's still an exaggerated version or or a caricature of what it might be, but it's still stemming from real thing i mean think about it people got to write this stuff yeah so usually they draw from their own experiences but then inflate it because either they're ashamed of something or they're proud of something like it's kind of all things right Mm -hmm. it's just always inflated yeah or they just need to raise the stakes to make you care about what's happening exactly Exactly. yeah because like that's the thing too is like even if it didn't happen in our own high school we're we're fascinated by the fact that it could Mm -hmm. so and so i looked this up the writer's staff was essentially teenagers. Like, the average age on the writing staff was 21. Oh, wow. And I think in the third group of kids, they had a contest for an actual teenager to come on and be a part of the writing staff for a couple months and, like, have an internship. Oh, man, that's cool. Yeah, the guy who created this show, it was a guy and his son, and they decided to create it and then be like, well, we have to, like, make this realistic. So mm. they hired only young writers Yeah. to be like, what was your experience literally three years ago? Wow. That's pretty cool. I mean, and honestly, like we talk about diversity in the writer's room on many shows. And yes, of course, it absolutely applies to like um, people with different backgrounds, people, you know, of different races and ethnicities and gender and and all that. But I think it also has to be age. Mm -hmm. Like age has to be included in that factor because, yeah, like somebody's experience 
30 years ago in high school as opposed to five years ago is completely different. Yeah, I mean, that's what we, you know, talk about on 90210 all the yeah. time. Those writers are very clearly in their 50s and mm-hmm. reminiscing about high school, which I totally get. High school in the 90s was not high school in the 60s, though. For sure. Yeah. And that's sometimes painfully obvious. Yeah. And this is the moment where they tell Sid that he's going to sleep with Cassie because if we just get her fucked up enough, she's not going to know the difference and she'll do it. Just don't let her near knives. And make sure she's eaten something in the last 24 hours. And it's just fascinating to me because I'm trying so hard not to look at everything with like a judgmental, you know, like overtone. But I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Do these girls even want any of you? The answer is no. And you're just assuming that they will just fall to your feet. Like, if you just ask nicely or if you have to make it to where she can maybe, maybe not give consent. And I'm like, oh, dear God, what am I stepping into? I know. But, like, you see what happens to Tony. Michelle sits down and they just start literally, the subtitle said, lips smacking. Ew. (laughs) That's, like, worse than Stranger Things when it's, like, wet squelching. Yes, the wet squelching. (laughs) 100 times in season four. (laughs) Yeah. And they just, they just kiss. And it, like, zooms in and then you see, like, Sid in the background just watching them. Well, yeah, because he's, like, so clearly wishing it was him with Michelle. And maybe Tony. Who knows? I, I could see it, honestly. He's definitely got some feelings for Tony. Yeah. You have to if you're going to do the shit that Sid does. Yeah, it's very much, like, sidekick, like, behavior. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, very much, like, yeah, I don't really want to be a sidekick, but I also have to be near to you because you are... Um, like a magnet. Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, and like also in this scene, like so we get the big plot that Sid needs to get laid before he turns 17. Because it's weird. Yeah. Um, but also you have to go get the weed. Like why they send Sid to go do this and not Tony? Because Tony doesn't have time. Well, sure, but he's the one that could make it happen like that. Like Sid, just sweet baby, like not confident. Little dude, just, he's got to go get it. And they call it spliff, and I just can't. I, I was like, what drug is that? <laughs> I just love that it just, it's the mad twatter. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. It's so good. But before he goes to see the mad twatter, because we get a whole lot of that. Yeah. We have to see Tony, because Tony does have a busy day. Because he's going to choir auditions at the all-girls college across the street from Roundview College, where I'm pretty sure that is actually Nicholas Holt singing. So I was confused because it didn't look like he was singing. It didn't, but it is credited as performed by Nicholas Holt Okay, when you look at it. Then it was just probably dubbed. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely not in the moment. Yeah, yeah. Because I did wonder about that. I was like, I mean... He's been in a lot of stuff. I'm sure he could do at least some singing. Yeah, I'm sure he was, like, trained mm-hmm. in singing, dancing, and acting. You know, yeah. especially being from London or from England in general. Like usually, Being a child actor. Yeah, like, usually you're put through the rigor of all of that. And all these girls. They're swooning so much. Even the teacher. Yeah. It's wild. It's so wild. And this is when we meet Abigail, and she wants him to bring Franz. And, like, he doesn't even understand what she's saying at first. He's like, what? <laughs> I loved every time. Because Michelle does it, too. She's like, what? 
You heard me. <laughs> Don't make me say it again. Bring some fronds to my party. It'll be so safe. Yeah, okay. So safe was another, I was like, is this another Brit lingo thing? And I was like, I guess it means cool. Like, <laughs> yeah, every time she said it, you could tell she was trying to be cool. Because mm-hmm. then when Chris says it later, he's like, oh, safe. Yeah, and it like, sounded more like what's the word I'm looking for? Natural. It, yeah, yeah, very just like loose off the tongue instead of just like I'm trying to say this. So safe, y'all. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I love this is Sarah and Sarah and Sam and Sarah. Yeah. I wrote down all the names. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> I didn't count how many Sarahs there were, and I, I wish think I had four. at least. Yeah. And like, meanwhile, while he's singing, meanwhile, while. While Tony is singing, Sid is just on a bus looking at creeper pictures of Michelle on his phone. And some other creeper behind him is like, let me get in on this action. And then Sid has the audacity to be creeped out by that. I'm like, bruh, that is you in 50 years. (laughs) I know. It's like photo eight, photo nine. And it's like slowly going lower and lower down Michelle's body. Mm -hmm. I was like, how did you even get these photos? Exactly. Also had such a nostalgia moment for the flip phone and like every time tony hangs up and he just snaps it shut yes i miss that oh my god because you could convey any emotion with that snap yeah if you're mad if you're glad if you're sad if you just want to look really cool because you're psychotic (laughs) or if you it was like the early days of like fidget spinning and you would just like like barely like inch your phone underneath to let it then clap like oh i would do that just sit like with my phone in my pocket and clap, fidget clap, during class. Clap, clap. Yep. Because he does it. He snaps it shut the next time we see him and he's walking out of this college. He's like very clearly on the phone with, I think, Michelle. Yeah. Just being like, oh, have you put batteries in the vibrator? Yeah. Like, like clearly talking about the next time they're going to bang. And every girl is just like, a boy that cares? Right? Like, I want that. I want that. And then this old French man, French teacher man. Just losing his shit. Yeah, he's like, why are you even here? This is an all-girl school. And I so badly wanted to be like, and you're not a girl? Right? <laughs> and I was just like, why do you get to say anything? Right. And Tony just walks away. I love that he just, like, snaps the phone shut. And he's just like, oh, no, I don't go here. But I was invited to go audition. And then he just walks away without saying anything. And this old man is just flustered. I just love that he, like... The Frenchman gets mad at him because Tony doesn't call him like sir or or something like that. And then he's like, well, what do you call your French teacher? It's clearly trying to get him caught in the fact that he doesn't know French or isn't smart because he calls the school technical school, like all that. He just goes, Pierre, and then leaves. I'm like, OK, I'm, I see the appeal. You suck, but I see the appeal. Like you are very young British Roman Roy from succession. <laughs> yeah, the thing is like. This is perfect, like, 2007 guy. Oh, yeah. He's, like, kind of mysterious and, like, super confident Mm. and, like, clearly has sex. So, oh, my God. He is the oracle. And he's also, like, a little bit preppy, but there's an edge to him that kind of is appealing. Yeah. He's the guy you can bring home to your parents, and then as soon as you get into, like, something with him, you will be deflowered. Or, like... I just had the thought, if he's the guy that you can bring home to meet your parents, but he also might screw your mom. <laughs> that yeah. sounds accurate. Yeah. That sounds very <laughs> accurate. Um, so, yeah, across town, 
we have to follow Sid and we have to talk about this because, oh my God, (laughs) it's wild. Like he shows up to this guy's house and he's so uncomfortable. And then his mom calls while he's at the front door and this woman opens the door in full lingerie. And I was like, why doesn't Sid just lose his virginity here and be done with it? Right? We could have skipped the entire plot. I mean, I don't want them to. No, no, because he's a boy. But, like, she literally was just like, oh, are you in my accidental threesome? <laughs> he's on the phone with his mom. He can't even <laughs> answer. And I, I assume this is when he turns his phone off and he's just, like, messing with it for the rest of the time, right? Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, he gets there and then just has to sit there waiting for Madison Twatter. We find Which- out is his name. Well, hilarious. yeah, there's just like an accidental threesome going on upstairs. And this woman is sitting there very casual and comfortable in her own skin. And Sid is just like, don't look. I can't. I Don't look. I'm going to look. Shit. Like she even like walks just a little bit closer. So her vagina is like right there. And she's just like, oh, God, no. Nope. Uh, uh. <laughs> she's just like, do you want a Coke? And he's like, Ugh. yeah, he can't even form words. Which I get it. He's distracted by the pretty women. Oh, I totally understand it. And, like, Tony's trying to call him this whole time. Yeah. Because he's supposed to get an ounce. But we find out while he's been sitting here, Tony is with everybody on the green. And he finds out that, like, London is just flush with weed. Yeah. They can't sell it if they tried. Yep. So he wants to call Sid to tell him to stop buying it. But for some reason, either his he's decided to turn his phone on silent because his mom called or he doesn't have service or he turned his phone off. Like we don't really know why he's not able to connect because we clearly see Tony calling him and Sid's phone not ringing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now we get Madison Hatter and beforehand, one of the women was like, don't stare at him or something. And so I'm expecting a mole, a giant like hole in his face. Yeah. Like even just like, either a taller or smaller man than I expected. Like, I don't know what to expect here, but he looked like totally normal, just had a large mustache, which I'm like, he did that on purpose. (laughs) He wants you to look at it. (laughs) It's it's very stylish. Very. It's like so like Teddy Roosevelt in its like fullness, but also the shape of it. Just thick and luxurious and right out of the 1800s. Yes. Oh my God. Like, he could have easily been going to a Civil War reenactment reenactment <laughs> after this, and I wouldn't have been surprised. Yeah, he is a whole mood because mm-hmm. he comes in and is just, like, honestly terrifying. Like, poor Sid, set up for failure from the beginning. Yeah. Because this guy gets, like, really close to him, sticks his hand right onto Sid's crotch, and is like, I'm just checking for your testicles because they are my collateral. <laughs> Which is something. Um, yeah, and so, like Mary said in the synopsis, like, now he has to get three ounces instead of one, which will make it even harder to sell, because he can't sell one if they wanted to in the first place, and he only has two days to do it. I also really loved the conversation that Tony was having with everybody on the green when he sits down and quotes Dawson's Creek, and Chris is like, what is that, Shakespeare? (laughs) And Jal could not be any less impressed. (laughs) And I love that he's just like, I don't waste my time watching television and, you know, ruining my brain like the rest of you. As he's smoking. <laughs> I love it. Could you not think of anything more entertaining? Like what? Like 
pills. Yeah. <laughs> and shagging. Right. I do love Chris. I, I love, love him so much. I love him. I liked him right off the jump. Like, I think my first impressions were that, yeah, I mean, Tony's a psychopath. Sid, I feel bad for him already, immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Michelle. Like, I, I think I would like to see more of her outside of Tony, right? Or outside of any boy, for that matter. Um, Jal seems really awesome. And yeah, Chris just seems like kind of the fun, goofy guy who's probably a good friend, you know? His outfit in oh, this first episode with the giant scarf and he loves hats. Oh, I don't mind the hats on him. I thought they were he, fun. He wears hats all the time. 100% better than um, Sid's hats. Yes. yes. Absolutely. Because they have to go to psychology class. And this is when you see Chris. <laughs> Their psychology teacher, Angie, is just so much. <laughs> it's so weird. And Chris is just like, oh, did you break up again? No more PE teachers, right? And like stares at her boobs. He's obsessed with her. She's just crying. Sobbing. The whole time that they're reading the paper, she's just... <laughs> yeah. And, like, Jal doesn't stop. She just keeps reading. And, like, he tries to... Like, Chris tries to carry her books. He answers her phone for her. Oh, when he answers her phone is my favorite part. Because he's like, yeah, this is Chris. You have me to deal with. No, you said I could have an extension on that paper. <laughs> you said I had till Thursday. Oh, my God. So weird. It's so funny. And then Angie tries to check him out. I'm like, girl, his pants are too big. You can't see anything. Right? Like, he literally, like, turns around and walks away, and she tries to look at his butt, and I'm like, how could you tell? Those are, like, those Jenko jeans. Yeah. (laughs) Also, they just had a conversation on the green about how tiny Chris's wee-wop is. Right? (laughs) Was that the conversation where they're like, it was strip poker. What was I supposed to do? It's like, you You weren't weren't even playing. playing. (laughs) I love Chris so much. Like, yeah, he's fun. I, I would never let him in my own home. No. Because you know he would destroy it. He would steal something or break something or... I mean, literally, he does that exact thing later. Yeah. Like, he's... Just, yeah, he steals phones, gets mud all over your carpet. How were his shoes so dirty? <laughs> so... I was so upset. I was like, what did you do? When did you have time to do this? Exactly. Which is a great segue into the party. Because, like, Sid and Tony are at outside the house right they're gonna try to sell the weed michelle and cassie show up and this is the first time we we see cassie right out the gate she calls sid funny looking and i died (laughs) was this where they're like oh yeah you remember sid and she's like wow yeah no (laughs) i wrote down what she said it's like do you remember sid she goes yeah wow lovely no but i like that you're funny looking that's (laughs) cute like wow man (laughs) i just she's such a mood She's a cutie. Like, she's so Luna Lovegood in the best way. Yeah, and you didn't watch Game of Thrones, no. right? She and Chris are both in Game of Thrones. Oh, fun. Good mm-hmm. for them. Yeah, Chris doesn't have too much of a uh, life on the show. Like, I think he's in, like, the first or second season, then he comes back later. Yeah, he comes back. He's Gendry, I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. And then... And then she's Gilly. Yep. So, like, she has a pretty big role later. I think she's in, like, 30 episodes of the oh, whole show. Oh, wow. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. And this is when they come up to the front door, and 
the girl, Abigail, who is not Lucy Punch, but I kept wanting it to be Lucy Punch, was like, oh my gosh, you brought your friends. <laughs> what? Yeah, and they all have to take their shoes off because of the carpet, and Sid has a hole in his socks. And she is offended. I am too. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, every time John gets a hole in his socks, I'm like, why is that sock still here? And he's like, I just haven't thrown it out yet. And then like, it goes into his pile of socks, and then he picks up the pile of socks, puts it in the laundry, and then it goes right back into a pile of socks. He just leaves a pile of socks on the floor, and it drives me bananas. Yeah, that would drive me insane. It's my biggest Especially pet in y'all's house, because it's not like you have a ton of room to have a pile of socks. <laughs> yeah, because, like, I have that folding treadmill that goes behind where the pile of socks goes. <laughs> so anytime I try and take my treadmill out so that I can use it, I end up dragging a pile of socks around my house with me. God. Like, why? <laughs> this is the point in the party where we get introduced to every other girl at the party. We have Sarah, Josh, Sarah, Maddie, Felicia, Hugo, Sebastian, Sarah, Sam, and Sarah. Four Sarahs. Yeah. And Danuta, who's Polish. Right. I love it. She's like, she doesn't speak English, but you can just speak Italian to her. Yeah, or French or something like that. And apparently Abigail does speak Italian to her, which was kind of hilarious. Well, and it sounds like Michelle also speaks Italian because she starts laughing when they're like, oh, he's such a tiny man. I bet he has a tiny penis. Yeah. And she giggles at that. Poor Sid. And then, what's that? I don't remember the DJ's name. MC but I, Hugo. I just wrote down, let's shizzle on this dizzle and party down. <laughs> he was so excited about doing This was like his first party. So I will say, uh, Skins had a similar issue that 90210 had where they couldn't get the licensing right. So they had to pull all of the music mm. off of everything. So like the DVDs, streaming, none of it has the music that was originally there. Okay. Because the soundtrack used to slap Mm. it's so sad like and it's wild because netflix had like a like most of the original songs yeah not all of them because i'm pretty sure in cassie's episode like she's in a cab and move bitch is playing yeah (laughs) (laughs) but yeah no i was just like r.i.p the original soundtrack wow yeah because i was looking because there's a subreddit for skins of course and there's plenty of places where people are like this is where you can like not so legally download the episodes to get the original soundtracks. And I'm like, I know I'm an adult, but like, am I above this? <laughs> I don't think so. That's funny. Yeah, I never would have known the difference. So that's interesting. It still baffles me, the whole licensing and music rights and, and all that. Like, it just baffles me. It just makes me feel like Hulu didn't want to pay. Yeah. For the rights, even right. if, like, the show still had them. Well, and also, something. it's, like, it's not because you don't have the money. You're freaking Disney. Yeah. Like, you have the money. But, anyway. like, yeah, it's, it was very interesting to me. Because this is 2007. This isn't even, like, how 90210 started in, like, what, 93? Yeah. Or 89. Or, it started or, so late. Or so early. Right. Or even Dawson's, because they couldn't get Paula Cole to sign off on the theme song. And that was, like what 98 yeah so it blows my mind and i think yeah it must have been like the late 90s was really when a lot of this stuff hit because i know that the charmed theme song was different when it was Mm. on uh netflix for a while i think it's on peacock now so i have no idea what it looks like now yeah who knows (laughs) who has peacock right i would like to know anybody out there who pays for premium peacock and can i borrow your login (laughs) (laughs) 
send us an email. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, and so Tony and Michelle are doing some classic high school grinding in this in this party. Dressed Um, basically identically. Yep. Yeah, that was kind of fun, actually. I I actually kind of like their outfits together. Um, But then Sid is like sick of looking at them dancing. So he goes to the kitchen and finds Cassie, who is just Marie condoing the entire kitchen. Like she's enamored with not what the food is, but like arranging it and these like pretty like aesthetic pictures, Mm. which I kind of appreciated. I was like, man, can you do this in my house? Make it functional and cute. (laughs) Yeah, it seems, you know, you find out like really early on in this series that Cassie has been hospitalized Mm -hmm. and it seems like, you know, on top of this eating disorder and everything that like she has so many control issues. So like everything has to be the way that she thinks it has to be or she feels sick. Yeah. I think she even says it here. She's like, oh, everything is better now. I don't feel sick anymore. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, gets off the counter and then Sid offers her weed and she's like, no, weed makes you hungry. Yeah. I can't do that. She's like, I don't want to eat. And that makes me hungry. And then he kisses her on the cheek and it's like so uncomfortable because you can tell he's uncomfortable doing it. He, it almost seems like he felt like he had to in order to maybe get things going since they can't smoke weed now. Mm-hmm. But she's just like, hm. wow. <laughs> and so then we cut to Maxie and Anwar and Chris who had bailed on this party to go to Big Gay Night Out. And it turns out Big gay night out is only three other gay men at a bar, at a pub, and two of them are dancing, and then, like, one guy's sitting at the bar, and they're like, well, this failed. And I love Maxie being like, I just really wanted to show y'all what my world is like, and, like, big gay night out was really fun last week. We had the police choir or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of appreciate that, and for several reasons. Like, one, I appreciate how willing the other friends were you know, we're going with him and stuff. And number two, that they didn't judge him for it, that they were just like, oh man, this is just not as lively as I expected. Not that we don't like what's going on. It's just not enough is going on. Um, Yeah. So it was kind of like, I'm like, okay, cool. This is where we stand with non-straight people. Like I'm happy with this. Now we just need to fix how we are with women. (laughs) Well, cause yeah, Max or uh, Chris gets up and is like, I'm going to go find that party. And they're like, oh, but you don't want to stay here? And he's like, everyone's gay there. And so they're both like, I'm in. (laughs) Even the women. Right. And you find out it takes them like five hours (laughs) to get there. But the party is still going and it's light out. I know. This was like, I was like, are they trying to hide what time it is? Or did it legitimately take this long? And then when Chris was like, it only took us five hours and four buses and like three cars or so two bottles of vodka yeah i was like nope okay they are leaning into this they just walk in start stealing stuff off the table (laughs) just like fresh people leaving phones out (laughs) amateurs (laughs) yeah chris like takes off his shirt i think yeah he says the monkey man is here and just takes off all of his clothes except for his pants and his disgusting ass shoes yes I love Danuta just being like, yes, the real men are here, <laughs> ripping her shirt off and just immediately making out with Chris. And Chris <laughs> does not say no. He's all for it. Oh, Chris is so in with Danuta. Yep. He has no problems here. And yeah, so all of this is happening inside. Chris is very clearly the one causing the most problems because he is disgusting and ruining the Iranian carpet. Mm-hmm. 
And outside, Cassie is just jumping on this trampoline, just going, wow, wow, oh, wow. And I love her. Like, I know she's on drugs, but she is just enjoying such a simple activity. Mm -hmm. And then when she's too tired to do it, Sid starts jumping so that she's still bouncing a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then they both, like, end up on the trampoline. And she's finally just like, I mean, if we're going to have sex, like, you can just go ahead and do it, but you have to be quick because I took a bunch of pills Oof. and passes out. Well, and it was at this moment too, right before she passes out that you mentioned earlier where, you know, she kisses Sid, but says like, you know, it's okay. Like, I know you really love Michelle and then lets him in on the little tidbit that Tony's not really like Michelle knows Tony's not really into her, but she's really into him. So, but she thinks what did she say? She thinks Sid's really sweet. Sweet. Yeah. And he's like, sweet. Because like what high school boy wants to be called sweet? Yeah. And he even asked like, you know, Cassie says that. And he's like, what do you do when everything is just so fucked up? And she's like, oh, I stopped eating. And then they hospitalized me. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Heavy. You know, Cassie is just, she's just Cassie. I mean, I don't think she has a filter. Like, yeah. I mean, she, she has a filter when you see in her episode, she's peaked. She picks her words very specifically, but it is to, like, be Cassie. I think it's that she's honest. Mm-hmm. Like, she's straight up, and so whenever she is choosing the words that she wants, she's still going to be honest about it, and she's still going to be straight up. She's not going to be overly verbose, but she's going to tell you like it is, you know? Yeah, she's doing all of that, but in her kind of cryptic Cassie way. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And now that she's passed out, Sid freaks out. Yeah. And that, yeah, like... Rightfully so. The view of him just, like, sliding her oh off of the trampoline. I was like, oh, my God. This was so wild because, like, it kind of felt like a video game at this point. Just with the chaos. Like, the dragging Cassie off. And then everyone is just leaving in such a hurry now from this party. They steal a car. And Tony is driving like a Mad Hatter. I just... <laughs> love like everything about it like he walks in with cassie over his shoulder and everyone's like oh my yeah. god we have to get her to the hospital we don't have any way to get there and then denuda comes out and is just like we steal car and then we fuck yeah right like whoa <laughs> girl and like the makeup they put on nicholas holt like with the red under his eyes i was like you look like you were in warm bodies like not quite as pale but just the eyes i was like oh my god you look like a zombie um and yeah so they're like driving like grand theft auto um because to tony doesn't know how to drive room. an automatic right like wh as if it's hard <laughs> it's the easy of the two um and so they finally like they like skid into the parking area not even parking just like an area in front of the emergency room and cassie's like oh boats <laughs> I like boats. They go places. <laughs> like They've been freaking out this whole time. They're like, she's not breathing. Yeah. She just wakes up. She's like, oh, I had such a lovely dream. Wow. And like looking around like, oh, we're in a car. <laughs> <laughs> and then boats. <laughs> she's just, they go places as if she's not in also another automobile that goes places. <laughs> And then they just give up. They're like, oh, she's awake now, so let's yeah. go somewhere else. So we don't need to have her stomach pumped, and we don't need to, like, go in there, all of us, either drunk, high, or just tired. Let's just go somewhere else. 
At which point they lose Chris and Danuta. Yeah, so it was li- like this was the part I was talking about earlier that I was going to talk about. And I was like, they didn't even check where Chris and Danuta went, but I couldn't remember if they were still in the car when they left the emergency room and got to the little area where Anwar pees. It's intentionally vague. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, because they, you know, pull over so that Anwar can pee. And then, yeah, that's the focus is that, like, he's trying to pee, but he's a shy peer, so he can't pee if he thinks everybody is looking and everybody is watching him out the window. But Chris and Danuta wouldn't be watching because they're too busy making out in the back seat. So, yes. like, you just don't see them there and they don't specifically mention them getting out. Right. And, yeah, this is the part where they're like, all right, who's got skins? And for some reason, Sid is just like, they're in your back pocket. I'll get them for you. <laughs> like, talk about sidekick mentality. Yes. yes. Absolutely. Like, here, boss, let me let me get it for you so you don't have to. And he hits the e-brake or the shifter or whatever, and the car immediately rolls into the water. Which, they were talking about having to ditch the stolen car, so I guess there you go. But also, like, holy shit, I was like, are kids about to die? <laughs> <laughs> this show is only one episode. Surprise. Well, because I was like, I still don't know the overall tone of the episode, right? Like, I don't know if it's overly comedic or dramatic or a dramedy or whatever. So I was like, are we about to have to, like, see, like, a Friday Night Lights thing where somebody kills somebody and just has to, like, lie about it? Like, and then, yeah, they all pop out of the water eventually. <laughs> And they're fine, I guess. Yeah. Well, at least they've got their health. That's the important thing. (laughs) That's true. Cassie. I love her so much. Yeah, she had the best lines of the episode for sure. She really did. And then they all walk home and we get that moment where Sid takes his hat off and just wrings it out. Mm -hmm. And like Tony's just watching him do it. (laughs) Disgust, I'm sure. Yes, I'm sure. And we have to like get another like scene of the naked lady being in front of the window, but Tony's not there. And she's, like, disappointed. And I was like, oh, boy, this is clearly, like, a thing of where your husband isn't pleasing you or your boyfriend isn't pleasing you. So you're, like, getting your, like, fix from a teenager staring at you. Yeah, from voyeurism. Yeah, from voyeurism. That's it. And then it's the French teacher's wife. Jesus. (laughs) Because that's just how Tony's life works. Yeah, of course. Like, gosh. (laughs) And then we get that wonderful scene where he and Sid are in his bed with their arms out over the naked man and woman on his comforter. And yeah, Sid's just like, did Chris and Danuta get out of the car? I was like, they are shit friends if they don't remember. (laughs) But that's them. And then like Chris is just going to show up later, laid, fine, never see Polish girl again. And nobody's going to comment on the fact that he could have died and they just walked away. And they didn't even know if he was in the car or not crazy yeah and sid is still a virgin right they failed and they lost the weed yeah but it pops up in the water so it still exists they just don't have it yeah they've made like no effort to try and recover it Mm -hmm. it's like it's so funny to me because it's very clearly just like three ounces of weed like they didn't try and like portion it out find any way of like sealing it in ways that they could sell it more easily they were just gonna show up with three ounces of weed and be like i mean this feels like enough here you go yeah here's a bag let me just get this out for you (laughs) they're so dumb they're the worst teenagers 
I do also love when Sid finally shows up to school after going to see the mad twatter. <laughs> and Tony's like, what the fuck? Didn't you get my messages? And he opens up his phone and just goes, ping, 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 ping. It just beeps. And he goes, problem? <laughs> yeah, this was a crazy pilot. It's like at 11 immediately. So I appreciate that it does that. So it's like you're immediately grabbed, you know, and it's not just trying to set so many things up. It almost acts like you're already part of the world, Mm -hmm. which is kind of fun. Yeah. Like they have to take a moment to introduce everyone, but they literally do it just by having Tony call them all. Exactly. Exactly. There you go. You have the entire world basically. And then as episodes go on, you meet more characters like, the next episode is going to be Cassie-centric. So then you'll meet, like, what's going on in Cassie's life. And, you know, you find out little things like her doctor at the hospital is Abigail's mother. Mm. So, yeah. like, Abigail keeps showing up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking while this was going on, I was like, I hope this isn't necessarily a Tony-focused show. Like, yeah. I'm okay if he's, like, the leader, right, of the group because clearly he has all the right personality traits um, to be the leader, but I really hope it's not just like, let's focus on Tony's POV the entire time. Mm-hmm. So I like that there are other episodes that are focused on the other, still seeing how everybody connects, but like focused on a little bit more of the other people. Yeah. Cause literally the Cassie episode opens up with them at another party. So like okay. you see everybody the morning after the party and like, and doing his prayers again and yeah. like Sid is over here and you know, on and on. Like, mm-hmm. they do still talk about everybody else, but then, like, Cassie's episode two, Jala's episode three, uh, Chris is going to get one soon. And then, like, that's how each season goes. Yeah. Where, like, someone or some group of people is the main person. Yeah. Yep. And then the finale is everyone. Yep. Oh, good. Yeah. So it all comes back together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. This show is so good. How many seasons are there of this? Six yeah. and then a... A follow-up to some of the main characters from Cycles 1 and 2. Got yeah, it. so that'll come back to them when they're, like, in their mid-20s. Got I think it, it is. Got it, got it, got mm-hmm. it. Yeah, including Effie, because Effie is just Effie. She's everything. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love when we get the Effie episodes. Like, they're heartbreaking in their own way. Everyone's heartbreaking in their own way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what I love best about this show is because, like, Yeah, like, you know you love to see flawed characters doing their best, but this is, like, you get to see flawed characters growing and changing in spite of themselves, Yeah, and it's just so good and unique, and I love it. Yeah. Well, and I love, like, the way they portray consequences in this show of, like, you see them the mornings after parties when they're always hungover, and then they have to, like, leave a house they've trashed because they destroyed stuff, and people are yelling, and, like, you know... Sid losing the three ounces of weed comes up repeatedly, but then there's still, like, stupid teenagers about it. Yeah. And, like, this isn't like in 90210 where they're just all avocado heads and they're just, like, (laughs) drinking is wrong. Yeah. There's very little judgment over decisions that are made. Unless you're a virgin. Well, yes. (laughs) Unless you're a virgin. But that'll end eventually, so... (laughs) And it seems like he's the only one that is. Maybe Cassie? I don't know. No, they talk about how Cassie, they're like, oh, yeah, she's great in bed as long as she's not hungry. That's Who right. says that? That's Everyone. Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, they do talk about that later, though, because he's not the only virgin. Like, it's just Tony being an ass. Oh, um, Tony. Yeah. Speaking of Tony, like, um, 
like we've talked about, he's a fucking sociopath. Yeah. For sure. But, like, I really love what the writers did in his characterization to, like, show us, like, right off the bat what he values, and that's mm-hmm. his relationship with his sister. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. like, he like, does all of his bullshit to his dad just to make sure that she's okay. Yeah. And then, like, you, like, that's all he cares about. That's the one thing. And then everyone else is like, you're going to do my bidding. Yeah. Mm. That's a good point. Yeah, I noticed that because I was like, it really, like, you know, I keep wanting to bring it back to 90210 because that's what the show usually is. But it's like how Brenda and Brandon, like, they don't do this kind of stuff. Brandon yeah. is not like destroying his relationship with Jim so that Brenda can get away with stuff. But it's mm-hmm. like, this is their version of like having a solid sibling relationship. It's like us against the world kind of a thing. Yeah. It's like where they have their ice cream and twin talks. Tony and Evie have sneaking out and yeah. covering. Like cover. Yeah. Covering. Um, and just making sure that she gets in the house and nobody figures out what she's doing because yeah. This is just how she needs to live her life right now. Right. Right. Cool. So what do you think? Would you keep watching this show? I would if if only to like find out more about each character. Like the fact that you said that each character kind of gets their own episode. I'm like, okay, good. Because I am interested in others. I wouldn't want it to be just the Tony show. If it was just the Tony show, like, you know, how Boy Meets World is really just Corey and mm-hmm. how life affects Corey. I don't think I would. But now that I know that it's going to be more about each one, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm a lot more interested in what everybody else does, too. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm looking at, like, the order of everybody because it goes Tony, Cassie, Jal, Chris. Chris is a very good episode. Sid's a good episode. Maxine Anwar, Michelle. Effie's a great episode. And then the finale is everyone. Hmm. So, yeah. I mean, literally, yeah. like, <laughs> I watched the pilot for this show and then I like took my notes and then I immediately kept watching. Nice. So one other thing that stuck out to me just as someone who has viewed this season in particular many, many times because Mm -hmm. I love this show. Mm -hmm. um, I like the the fact that they have Tony singing Mm -hmm. at the beginning because at the end of season two, it all, or no, at the end of season one, it all comes back with Mm. a song. And that was just like, a thing that never really stuck out to me before, but did oh, this time. That's awesome. I love it being able to like still find things and learn things about shows that you've been watching forever. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing what you can pick up when you put like a different critical eye on a show. Because yeah. yeah, like I have watched this season is easily going to be like my fourth or fifth time through it because I love the first series. I liked the second series. I didn't watch the third series of people, but I will go back to it. Mm -hmm. Like the second group of people. It's because the the finale of the second group of people crushed my heart. Mm -hmm. Like if this show is good at anything, it's making you cry. Yes. (laughs) Oh boy. Yeah. And like, like you, like you were saying, Caitlin, like you didn't know what to expect. Like whether Mm. it's going to be comedy, drama, like it's all of the above. Yeah. The show is everything. <laughs> yeah, that's what it seems like. Because, like, there were times I was laughing. There were times I was shocked. There were times I was like, oh, man, I feel bad for this person. There were times when I was like, what's what's going on there? You know, like, I, I have a feeling Cassie is just going to take me through it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because the her. fact that she, her whole character is based on the fact that she just got out of a mental hospital. You're like, whoa, that's heavy for a comedic type of show. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and so what's interesting about Cassie specifically is like I read this article saying that they were criticized for her character specifically because they were like they're teaching she's teaching kids how the patterns of behavior of eating disorders work and like telling them that. I was like that's not how teenagers think. Like yeah. It was already, you know, in there and like frankly she's a very good portrayal of how eating disorders work mm. because you don't just get over it. It's not like no. these other episodes. It's not like 90210 where Kelly just got over it and like yeah. we can see little hints of it, but she just like she had like a two episode arc of being on speed. Same thing with meth. Yeah. And hard drugs like Dave is just done with drugs. Like, Dylan is done with drugs. Dylan was the most obvious, like, best portrayal of things because he kept slipping up. Yeah. And so, yeah, like, the next episode is Cassie. You get a whole lot about Cassie and, like, her behaviors and why she is the way she is, which Mm -hmm. is, like, truly the order of things is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Like, speaking to Cassie, like, the portrayal of an eating disorder or of a person with an eating disorder isn't perfect, no. But there is so much there that other shows don't even touch. Mm. Like, just the specific behaviors, like that feeling of anxiety that yeah. compels her to rearrange all of the food in a stranger's house. Mm-hmm. Right. And making decisions based on what's going to help or hurt that disorder, right? Yeah. She, like, mm-hmm. even if she wanted to smoke weed, she was like, well, it has an association with hunger and with appetite and things like that. So, no, I'm, no. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I'll take pills instead. Yep. They don't make me hungry. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So did you have like a quote of the week? Is there anything you oh, wrote down sure. specifically? I wrote down. Uh, bu- 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 let me see if I wrote down anything other than my quote of the week. I mean, most of it was commenting on British jargon and slang. <laughs> But, yeah, my quote of the week is 100%. I like boats. They go places. (laughs) Yeah, I just, I love the little moments where, like, yeah, he's like, didn't you get my messages? And he, like, picks up the phone. He's like, problem? (laughs) He doesn't even check them. He's like, what? Is there a problem? Yeah. Or, like, Chris picking up the phone and just being like, but you said I could have an extension. Right. He's trying to be all tough, and he's like, wait, 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 wait. (laughs) So fucking funny that... He already knows that's his teacher, like his other teacher that broke up with his teacher. And he answers it and gives his full name. Like, he knows who you are, you dumbass. (laughs) That's my favorite part. He's like, you have to deal with Chris now. And the guy's like, oh, Chris, who owes me a paper? (laughs) Okay, and what about you, Mary? Do you have a moment? Is there a specific moment of all of it? God, it's it's so fucking hard to decide. Um, But... Really just getting introduced to all the posh kids and four Sarahs. Sarahs. Yep. And then, oh my God, just the way Abigail talks, I'm just going to give it to her because <laughs> like Franz, safe, yeah. And then um, she pronounces house like heist. Heist. Like you yeah. can't smoke in the heist. <laughs> and he was like, heist? <laughs> just them. Yeah. Really just them picking on her accent <laughs> is just, it's so funny. Yeah. I love it. I just love this show, and thank you guys for watching it. Of course. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. I'm old. (laughs) It's cool. I'm almost right behind you guys. You've caught up to me, finally. Yep. (laughs) And then it'll be my turn in just a few short weeks. Yep. Yeah. 
So I guess, you know, until my birthday episode, we'll be back at it with Beverly Hills 90210. And our next episode is season seven, episode two. Here we go again. And until then, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at back to podcast. Also send us over any of your thoughts, your questions, your comments. If you guys have any suggestions for a bonus episode that you'd like to hear, send it our way. We're always happy to do these. Um, and you can do that at backtopodcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to go into your podcast app and rate and review, subscribe, share it with all your friends and family. All that stuff really helps us to get seen and build a community and be able to give you all a better product. And if you leave us a review in Apple Podcasts, we'll give you a shout out on the show because we really appreciate that kind of thing from you. So until next week, I got to go practice my tap solo for Death of a Salesman. Don't call me nips because I don't have weird nipples. I like that you're funny looking. That's cute. Like, wow, man. Bye. Bye. See ya.